You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, Monday edition, week one, almost completely in the books. We'll still have a little Monday night football game tonight with the Ravens and Raiders. But Matt and I rapid fire to try to get through as many of these games as possible, reviewing what happened on Sunday. And there was a ton to get into. And if you're looking for a Sunday pregame show that talks about every game, and every team in depth, check out the Locked On NFL Sunday show live every Sunday morning, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. No sketches, no celebrity cameos, no fluff, just football <laughs> every Sunday morning with some spectacular hosts here from the network, Cody Rourke and Ross Jackson. Follow and subscribe on the Locked On NFL Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, and especially the YouTube channel where that show is live every Sunday morning at bd peacock at williamson nfl that is where you can find matt and i that's where you can get your questions in for tomorrow's twitter tuesday if we have any games we didn't get a chance to get to today because it'll be tough to get to all of them we'll hit those tomorrow as well matt can we start with the game i want to talk about the most is what we saw first of all oh and four nfc north four and oh nfc west there was only one winner in the afc east it's so fun when the season gets going and there's overreactions, but what was going on with the Packers and the Saints? Oh, like that, man. I kind of want to start with that game, even though we're going chronologically out of order. Thirty-eight to three, the Saints were not sure what's going on with this team. Jameis Winston, and he throws five touchdowns and only 148 yards total. Um, uh, I mean, the defense did such a good job for the Saints on Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Uh, one Saint got re-upped. I don't know if that was because of how good Marshawn Lattimore played, but he did play awesome, and he gets a, a five-year extension basically during the game. I don't even know when this exactly right, was announced, weird. but a $100 million contract for Marshawn Lattimore and the Saints, and he earned it going up against Devontae Adams. Wow, that game, I think, surprised me more than any other over the course of the weekend, and there were some pretty big surprises. Yeah, that has to be number one on the surprise list for sure. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers hardly even played in the fourth quarter. They brought in Jordan Love and Adams was on the bench and Aaron Jones did nothing, as fantasy owners know. Uh, brutal game for the Packers. I mean, a blowout from the start, 17-3 at the half and got uglier in the second half. A couple things I wanted to mention. I want to throw one thing out there first. I often talk about the tier of coaches that I think are going to make strong Hall of Fame pushes. Carroll, Tomlin, Harbaugh tonight, Reed, you know, that group of guys, Sean Payton, that have won a lot of games in this league and aren't named Bill Belichick. Well, like all of them won. I mean, I'm not sure that that's an accident preparing for a weird week one. And I, it, I don't expect any different Monday night, by the way. Me neither. Right. Yeah. I think Harbaugh shows, as he often does in week one, that he's been around the block a little bit more than everybody else and knows what the heck he's doing and might end up in the Hall of Fame someday. Um, my takeaway from the game was, first of all, I mean, I hate using words like flat and rusty and things like that, but the Packers were flat and rusty Jeez, and yeah. terrible. Uh, but give the Saints credit. I mean, Winston's the story. He threw five touchdowns. But to me, and he actually ran around a little bit, made some plays with his legs. But to me, the story was great defense by New Orleans, extremely well coached, a very strong side on that, that of the ball there, and a really good offensive line. So, you know, yeah, they're lacking weapons and could use Michael Thomas, but a good coach, a great running back who played really well as usual, a great line and a really good defense. 
that gives them a fighting chance every week. This is what's tough, Matt, because there's so much to get into with all these games. And I have questions about Aaron Rodgers. If you think the offseason had something to play into this, I'm sure we'll get questions about it tomorrow and later in the week. So we'll get to some more of those details a little bit later on this game. But, man, that one really stood out to me. And, you know, Sean Payton, when he puts his resume in for the Hall of Fame, uh, there's a Super Bowl on there. But this might be like a top three game. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And there's a couple teams that I'm really excited to see the lines for next week. And I want to bet on them. Green Bay might be top of the list. Yes, that could be an interesting one. And, and I would expect a bounce back for sure. Yeah, and if not, not then worried. you start that to worry was, maybe. That was bad, but I'm not super worried. Of An extremely odd one in Detroit with the 49ers jumping out to an easy lead, 38-10, 41-17, no big deal. And then all of a sudden they couldn't do anything right with about six minutes left in the fourth quarter. 49ers fans with PTSD from the Super Bowl, but this wasn't Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. This was the Detroit Lions uh, and Jared Goff, and the 49ers defense couldn't get off the field. They were gassed, uh, an onside kick, and then a, a fumble from Debo Samuel right before um, which would have sealed it. He already had the first down. If he just doesn't fumble and goes down and gets tackled, the game is over multiple times, and there still wasn't enough time really for the Lions to come back, but it was too close to call, and that was just an odd ending to a game where the 49ers thoroughly dominated, and I think the 41-33 score doesn't tell the entire story of what happened in that odd ball of a game. Yeah, and without question, and this is, of course, up more up your alley. I'm sure you watched every snap, as I did with the Steelers, and um, I, I my little few takeaways were, Okay, you're biting kneecaps and you're not going to give up. Yeah. I mean, that's what I want to see out of the Lions this like year. It. You know what I mean? They're not going to be the most talented team in probably any game they play, but keep playing hard, build something to go off of. Swift and Hawkinson made plays. Their receivers weren't as bad as we exactly thought. Okay, and I think fantasy managers are begging for me to ask you this question. <laughs> yeah. What the heck is going on with Ayuk and Trey Sermon? Oh, I wish I could tell you. I, I yeah, wish I weird. knew the whole story. Well, there was a, a little bit of a hamstring tweak for Brandon Ayuk in training camp. Yeah. But he had practiced. He had played in all the preseason games as wide receiver one. It was him and Debo. And, and Sherfield was working in. And I had I had a feeling Trey Sherfield good. might be working in a little bit more than people suspected because of his mm-hmm. resume. Um, but I did not expect... Brandon Ayuk to be treated as wide receiver four after both of Sherfield and Debo starting and even after Muhammad Sanu in the offense. And um, I don't the hamstring could have been part of it, but you still put him in as wide. Like if Devontae Adams had a bad hamstring, he would still start the game, even if he was limited snap wise. Right. But they didn't treat Brandon Ayuk like that. So I think there's a little bit of a doghouse thing happening there. Um, I did hear some whispers that maybe. The 49ers were more impressed with their sixth-round rookie than their third-round rookie in training camp with how hard he was hitting the holes. And they decided, mm. you know, uh, yeah, he's, yeah. he returned some kicks, some special teams value. I think there was no special teams units for Trey Sermon to play on, which is part of it. But that's also, um, I, I, I think you have to look into both of those with Kyle Shanahan. If Sermon and Ayuk aren't fully in the doghouse, he's definitely sending them a message in week one. So that is something to monitor, and I would not put either one of those guys in your fantasy lineup next week. That is a wait-and-see situation. But I think they're fantasy by lows. Yes, they they both would be, if you believe. But here's the thing. Elijah Mitchell, 19 carries, 104 yards, and a touchdown. If Sermon's active, Elijah Mitchell's playing over him next week, too. So extreme buy on Elijah Mitchell. I would still buy low on Ayuk. But that's an odd one, too, because the way Debo Samuel and, and Mitchell were featured and played well in that offense, there's no reason to um, 
for the other guys to go back over the top of them. And I know every every week's different in the NFL, and they're going to play better defenses. The Lions still look like the 32 defense in the NFL like they were last year. But um, that is that is an oddball one. It threw everybody off, even the, the beat writers who follow the team the closest. Yeah, I bet. Uh, very odd end of the game, but I took it as a positive for the Lions. Didn't ding the Niners. Yes, that much uh, Lions do have. They have one good unit for sure, which is the offensive line. And they were able to run the ball right straight up the middle on the 49ers. And the Niners have, they're not the 2019 Niners defense, but they have one of the better defenses in the league. So that's something that Dan Campbell can hang his hat on. The guys didn't quit deep in the fourth quarter. He's probably going to be able to run the ball, DeAndre Swift out of the backfield, getting the ball thrown to him quite a bit, which is interesting if you're talking about fantasy football by Lowe's yeah, potentially. Yeah. Um, even though Williams carried the rock quite a few times there for Detroit. But um, they didn't quit, and they've got a pretty good offensive line. And that was with Taylor Decker out. And I thought... Um, I thought, and he was beat a couple times by Bosa, but I thought Penny Sewell, the first-round pick, looked better on the left side than reports when he was on the right side in training camp. So they got to figure something out because they have two left tackles and no right tackles there with Taylor Decker when he comes back. Yeah, I don't know much to add to that either, but I mean, I always felt for him, oh, you take a year off and now you got to go play a new position. Like, yes. if you're star left tackle, put him at left tackle. I mean, but that's not fair to Decker. I mean, it's a tough situation. I'm going to hold off on the Steelers because we're going to take some time on that one. Uh, the Steelers over the Bills next. Let's talk really quick, though, about the Eagles. That maybe did we sell? Man. Did we sell a little bit uh, too low on the Eagles because 32 to six, they came out, new head coaches on both sides, and thoroughly dominated the Falcons in Atlanta. Yeah, Devontae Smith, Jalen Hurts, those guys all played really, really well. I thought this game was won and dominated on both lines of scrimmage from Philly, which is how they're built. I mean, they put a lot of money into their offensive defensive lines and they're reaping those rewards without question. Uh, you mentioned the Lattimore extension, Malata, the left tackle got extended a day or two ago as well over the weekend. I'm, I think I picked the Eagles in this game uh, and, or at least took the points, but man, uh, this one is not bashing the Eagles by any means. It was a tremendous win, but boy, I I'm worried about the Falcons. I'm flat out worried uh, after one week. I was on with Aaron Freeman, the host of Locked On Falcons, the week before the season started, and so he's like, "Okay, what's the what's the high end? What's the low end?" And I thought, "Man, the low end doesn't look good for the Atlanta Falcons. It could be that team. I don't know if I could project them to be drafting one or two, but if they have the third pick of the draft, I shouldn't be shocked. And I think there's going to be some second guessing about them not taking a quarterback, even though I'm a full believer in Kyle Pitts. He did have four catches for 31 yards in this yep. game, but he's a tight end. He's not a quarterback. Um, and I thought maybe they could be a wild card team at best because they still have, you know, some pieces from uh, pretty good teams in the past, but they've been so mediocre for so long. It's hard to expect more than mediocrity from this team unless it's really the coaching staff rises all ships, you know, rising tide rises all ships. Uh, and we didn't see that in week one. No, uh, I mean, I could just overreaction week one is a thing and I'm afraid to do it, but man, if this D looks like this and the O line's just okay. And Matt Ryan looks kind of old and all of a sudden they're a receiver short. I, you can just see this going bad and then picking early in the draft again next year. Right. I, it, I don't want to overreact. No. And the defense is not going to be good no matter what. No, so no, it's not it, Matt Ryan and like Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts need to be more than nine catches combined for 82 yards. You know what I mean? So that's, right. And if right. that's the recipe, then they are definitely not going to win a lot of games. But I think Jalen Hurts 
rose to the occasion, played a lot better than I expected. So uh, I, you can only take away a stock up from the Eagles here. And maybe, and I think that's, I think you nailed it with the first thing you said about these teams. We, we focus so much on quarterbacks and new head coaches. And it's like, eh, I'm not super impressed here, but they're still good up front, both offense and yes, defensively with the Lions. And that's important in the NFL. Without question. That's how they're built. That's how they've had success over the years. Fletcher Cox and Jason Kelsey and these guys can still play. And Devontae Smith's the real deal. He's right, my boy. Right. Offensive rookie of the year. Let's go. Um, no, he's not going to win it over the quarterbacks. But uh, I like Devontae Smith a lot. <laughs> Next, let's talk Steelers, Bills. There's a whole bunch of good games to get to. we got to cover them all today on Peacock and Williamson. If you like Matt Williamson or any of the other 40 folks that are already out in the Peacock and Williamson Survivor Pool want to run a new pool, you can do it at runyourpool.com. They're great folks over there, really helpful, and you can run any number of different kinds of pools like we're doing here on the show. I thankfully did survive one week. We'll see how far we go. And um, large swaths of players fall every week. That's what's fun about a survivor pool, and I can't wait to see who ends up in the top spot and who lasts the longest in this year's Peacock and Williamson Survivor Pool. And if you are going to run a pool, you should check out runyourpool.com slash locked on and have your pool up and running in minutes. Check them out today. Get $10 off at runyourpool.com slash locked on or just use the promo code locked on at checkout. Anywhere, everywhere in the world, college football, NFL, week one games, week two games, full season, playoffs, Super Bowl, confidence pools, squares, pick them, whatever you want to do with colleagues and friends, runyourpool.com slash locked on. Oh, one note about an earlier game, Niners-Lions, that I wanted to mention, which is a huge bummer and put a cloud over that whole game, was Jeffrey Okuda, ruptured Achilles, out for the year. It's looking like Jason Verrett, it's an ACL, and he's going to be done for the year. So two big-time corners in the NFL that the teams were expecting a lot to get. Two teams that have uh, pretty thin cornerback units, and the two-star players on both sides there lost for the year in week one. That's a bummer. That stinks. I'm glad you brought that up because I meant to as well. I wonder if it's the end of the road for Verrett. I mean, really good when healthy, just never healthy. And Akuda was at a pivotal stage in his career after one year with a new staff. And, you know, there was trade talks with him. And, you know, now he's out for the year, too. So bad, bad, bad information there on the two corners for sure. Yeah, that one hurts. How about this? The Pittsburgh Steelers. Everybody was sleeping on him, Matt. That's why I took him when we talked about these teams on Friday. Did I take him? I can't remember. Uh, thankfully, one of our listeners, uh, who was it? Somebody here. I want to shout him out. Oh. Uh... Mr. Controversy himself is going to keep track of our picks this year. We, t- we kept track last year of our picks, but we weren't going to do it this year. Thank you, Mr. Controversy himself, for doing that for us. Um, and that'll help me because I always feel like I did better probably than I actually did <laughs> with our picks. Uh, but uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, 23-16 over those bills. And Josh Allen did not look like his MVP candidate self from the end of last year. Was that the Steelers defense doing? And tell me how good Mika Fitzpatrick was in week one. He was amazing. Watt was amazing. Cam Hayward, I thought, was even the best defensive player. Um, I, I picked the Bills to win, but I took the Steelers plus the points and the under, which was nice, by the way. I thought this was going to be a defensive struggle. And the two things that Allen did, not amazing, but he had some struggles with last year as he's progressed, was dealing with pressure. And he's still a fumbler. And he fumbled twice this game, only lost one was under constant pressure, didn't handle it particularly well, missed some open throws. Um, so there was 
not the best performance by Allen. I'm not super worried about him. The Steelers did a really good job limiting Diggs. Diggs got a lot of targets and short catches, but just didn't let them beat him. The other guys were okay. Uh, but it was the Steelers' defense that ruled the day without question. Um, a blocked punt for a score also was the biggest play in the game, of course. Steeler offense started unbelievably slow and looked you know, pretty bad, as did Ben. Got a little better as the game went on. But I think a lot of Steeler games are going to be unders. Najee Harris, game one. He was the number one overall pick for uh, rookie drafts in dynasty leagues. He was drafted very high, first or second round in most redraft fantasy leagues. 2.8 yards per carry. What are we talking about with Najee Harris in his debut? Played every snap, so that's encouraging. Broke off a couple runs. I mean, running backs don't play every snap. He played every snap. Uh, Broke off some runs as the game went on, but it was a struggle for sure. The O-line is a work in progress, just be kind. Um, It could be worse, and Ben's not connecting on deep and intermediate throws and not attempting very many of them. The Bills are a too deep safety type of team more often than not. Don't Don't allow the big plays. And they crowd the line of scrimmage and didn't play the way they usually do because they just didn't fear the the deep passing game has to come around for this team to take a step forward. We had overtime in Cincinnati, the Bengals victorious 27-24 over the Minnesota Vikings Matt, and there was that connection, that LSU connection. Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase did hit on one long one. So I think that was probably nice for everybody involved, for Chase himself, who's like talking about the change in football. And it seemed like there was definitely something in his head with all the drops in the preseason, uh, you know, for fans and the Bengals fans to see their top draft pick hit on a big play with their quarterback, the top draft pick from a year ago. I think uh, that was probably just good for everybody involved to see them connect there and obviously come outside, come out of this uh, week with a win. Very big win win for the Bengals. You mentioned Chase had did some good things. I thought Higgins looked even better than last year. A complete player, a route runner. Chase is just kind of a big athlete at the moment. Joe Burrow is really good. I mean, the, that's my biggest takeaway is the more I watch Burrow, the more I think, this guy's going to be a top 10 quarterback now, maybe a top five or three in the next year or two. I mean, like, he's dangerous and a really good player. Bengals D did enough. You know, good game, competitive game. Cousins started out a little slow. He came on at the end of that game when the the, the Vikings tied it up and, and took that thing into overtime. They weren't able to get much going on the ground, but in the end, you know, Jefferson and Thielen made enough big plays, two touchdowns for Thielen there, which were the big ones. And Cousins' QBR overall wasn't great, but uh, I, I liked the way he came back in that game and the whole team came back. Yeah. And then a nice little uh, 11-yard completion from Justin Jefferson as well. It looks like he's thrown the ball a few times. Did you see that play? I just saw the highlight of that one, okay. but I've known he's able to do that, though. I mean, some of these receivers are better passers than you think. Like, just a total side note, I know when it was time for stories, but Larry Fitzgerald had one of the best arms, maybe the best arm in our entire foot, uh, pit football team when I was there. That happens a lot, and it blows me away. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, almost every football team has a guy where it's like, oh, yeah, the best on best arm on the team is like this random wide receiver or this defensive lineman <laughs> right, or something. Right, you right. Know? Like back in the day when you'd see a big defensive lineman or in high school, you see a big number 97 punting the ball just because he's the biggest kid and can kick it the farthest. Andy Reid in the punt pass and kick yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> An all-time clip, one of the greatest all-time yeah. clips. 
Um, let's move on here to the Cardinals and the Titans. The Ooh, Arizona Cardinals man. just putting it on the Titans from start to finish in this game, Matt. A little worried about Tennessee, too. I mean, boy, that division looks really bad, by the way. Yeah. And, we'll, and we'll get to the divisional game. They, they got a win, but only because they played themselves. Um, a little worried about Titans, but I think this is more about the Cardinals. A lot of playmakers on offense. Kyler's healthy. We saw that offense much better when he's healthy. Obviously, they're very Kyler-dependent to do things on his own to some degree. But it's the defense. Chandler Jones with five sacks and just destroying the Titans' offensive line time and time again, run or pass. Arizona's D is eye-opening. And I, and I thought, man, both these teams are kind of hurting with corners, especially Arizona. This is going to be a fantasy bonanza, and one side of it lived up to it. The other one didn't at all. I mean, and you also have to throw out there, hey, you know, first game without Arthur Smith. Is this going to be something we see more of? Is Tannehill going to come back to earth a little bit? Five sacks. Five sacks for Chandler Jones. TJ Watt uh, making his presence felt as well. They were in the backfield a lot. Uh, they just dominated up front, and, and I liked what I saw from Isaiah Simmons coming back. He was lost to start his rookie year last year. Uh, he had nine yeah. tackles in this game. He's all over the place, defended a couple passes as well, so I liked seeing that. Zayvon Collins, the other big linebacker that just looks out of place because he's too big uh, to be a linebacker, but um, good young defense with older pieces that they've brought in as well as free agents to solidify things, but it's all about the offense and Kyler Murray. Loved what I saw from Kyler Murray. Dropped a, a dime in the bucket to... There was a couple that touchdowns, like, actually. That one, though, like, almost hit the sky. Yeah. The, yeah <laughs> right. To uh, Christian Kirk is actually probably a better catch than a pass. It, that was a tough yeah. one as a center fielder. Willie Mays over the shoulder catching that one for Christian Kirk. That's got to be hard to do with the helmet on. But two touchdowns for Christian Kirk. He's the player on on the Cardinals that nobody ever talks about because there's so many other big names there. Yeah, and Rondell Moore and A.J. Green are both additions as well. I've always kind of liked Kirk. So if they have the number one and then – three number three slash twos, that should be fine. You know, they yeah. all are of a varied skill set. Uh, give Ky Kyler some different type of options maybe week to week. And that's a little bit true on defense, too. I mean, we talked about Simmons and Zayvon Collins and Buda Baker doesn't have the dimensions of those guys, but there's all three super versatile middle-of-the-field dudes. So Arizona's intriguing. I, I, wish they had, I wish they were in the AFC South. Derrick Henry started slow. Kind of, he was able to get that yards per carry up over three yards, but 17 carries for 58 yards. And when that's not working, new offensive coordinator. I don't. I don't know if it's going to take some time or if we should be super worried about the Titans. Did they just run into a good team with the Arizona Cardinals? But AJ Brown and Julio Jones. If you're throwing from behind, you got to see more from those guys too. So something's got to click on that offense because if Henry's not working. And then Julio and A.J. Brown are combined for seven catches. What's going on? Yeah, I mean, I'm not super worried about Tennessee. I mean, I'm not going to overreact to them. Bad, bad showing for sure. I'm going to give this one as a positive to Arizona more than a negative for Tennessee. But I raised an eyebrow for sure. I thought they would be able to move the football, and they didn't move the football. I mean, the Cardinals, D stole the show. Just an efficient performance by Russell yeah. Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks here. Moving on to another game, talking about efficiency in the NFC West. All victorious on this Sunday. 18 of 23 passing, four touchdowns, a near-perfect passer rating for Russell Wilson. And they just kind of cruised over the Colts in this game. And it didn't seem really that it was ever close, even though 2016 isn't necessarily a blowout score. 
it seemed like they were in control from start to finish. And you're right. It, 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 they made it look easy. And to be honest, that Seahawks, the offense, even when it's humming, doesn't make things look easy. It's all 80 yarders to Lockett and Metcalf. I mean, they had a lot more easy throws, nice completions. I think the new coordinator there is going to pay off dramatically. I think people with Russell Wilson MVP bets could be, might make some money this year. Might. I mean, Lockett looked great. Metcalf's a dynamite player. And as is a theme in this AFC South, I mean, the Colts were not too, not too impressive at all. Problems in the AFC South. Luckily, I think it's a winnable division by whoever decides to get their thing going. But again, we don't want to overreact Texans. too much in week one. Um, but yeah, that Texans catch are going to start pulling away in the South. Right. <laughs> That's right. Dude, look, <laughs> would, it, would it be the craziest thing in the world? Let's just throw that game out there. Okay, because... let's do it. Let's get to that game because, first of all, Matt, sorry well, to lose you in the Survivor. I'm court. out. I'm out. <laughs> you aren't the only one either. Let me look at the final tabulation after Sunday's games, and there still might be some Monday Night Football picks here, but of the 191 entries in the Peacock and Williamson Survivor Pool, 40 of them are out, and the biggest chunk was 20 of those folks, and maybe you talked them into it. There might be some listeners know, that are mad at you, fun. Matt. To pick the Jacksonville Jaguars, who lost in Week One to the Texans. Ooh, they look bad too. And I, I think we have to give Houston some credit. Yeah, I mean yes. Tyrod Taylor played a very good game. Brandon Cooks was a very good player, and we kind of saw that part coming, at least the Cooks part of it. But all of us, myself at the top of the list, made a lot of fun of this team. Oh, look at all these guys they signed to one-year deals. Hardly heard of any of them. Well, that was an exaggeration. I mean, almost all those guys were professional players. They're low-end starters slash high-end backups. And that might be all it takes to beat the Jags. I mean, I feel like the Jags are swimming, and especially on defense. Like, you watch that game, it seemed like communication was a big problem for their defense. You know, like, you got him, I got him type of stuff. I mean, that's a bad, bad sign. Yeah. Uh, I think this is discouraging, to say the least, for the Jags. Lawrence was okay, you know. I mean, he's he's obviously extremely talented and did some good things, of course. Yep, and then three interceptions, though, too. So there, I think on one side, you have a young team, new head coach, brand-new quarterback. They're trying to figure out how to all be pros together, and that's what I think we missed on with the Houston Texans, at least for week one, for a team that could, you know, lay in the weeds here and beat a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars is a professional veteran quarterback and a professional veteran running back in Mark Ingram and a coach that's been in the NFL for decades, right? And even though he's not a big name guy, he's not Urban Meyer. This is Urban Meyer's first ever NFL game he's coached. And right. Coley's been around for a while and Brandon Cooks. And like, there's some veteran players on this team. And so maybe the, and I think for sure the ceiling's not high for the Houston Texans, but for a team that's still trying to figure things out with the Jacksonville Jaguars and how to be pros top to bottom on the roster and maybe even the coaching staff a little bit. Um, that's, I think, what really struck me. And it was from the first moment I started watching this game was Tyrod Taylor. I was like, oh, he's comfortable. This is a comfortable professional yeah, he, quarterback he here. Yeah. And maybe that's how, you know, that's how we started the podcast. Sean Payton and Carroll and Tomlin and these guys that have been around the block know what the heck they're doing. Well, maybe Urban Meyer doesn't. Baby steps. Baby steps for the Jacksonville right, Jaguars. Right. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But right now, we're talking about first place in the AFC South for those Houston Texans. Maybe a little chip on their shoulder as well, because nobody has said a good word about that entire organization for months. 
<laughs> no, I mean, this is good. I mean, they could be the Jags and win one and then lose the next 15. I mean, that would not shock a soul. But this was a well-played game by Houston. All right, we will hit the rest of the games or as many as we can. We'll probably have to hit some overflow from the the evening later games on tomorrow's podcast. We'll cover Monday Night Football tomorrow as well. Let's finish this Sunday recap up next. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. Uh, It's called Direct Stream, and it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, shows, whatever you want, all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and the mess and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. Um, You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. There is absolutely no bad time to enjoy Built Bar. If you are low on time, you want a healthy snack. You need to replace a quick meal maybe. You can't do much better than a low-sugar, low-calorie, high-protein, high-fiber snack that tastes awesome. And to make it even tastier, I'll tell you how you can get 15% off your next box of Built Bars. Built Bars are great for the health-conscious folks out there, uh, lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and even great for a keto diet. That peanut butter flavor, 19 grams of protein, only 180 calories and 5 grams of sugar. Cookies and cream, 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar. So go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off your next box of Built Bars at BuiltBar.com. And I don't want to cut these games too short, Matt, because there's enough to talk no. about in, in every single one of these games. And that's why in the previews, we broke it up into two days. So I think we're going to have to do that in reviews as well and break these up into two days. The Washington football team, they've got a pretty good defense, but they ran into a team with a really good young quarterback in Justin Herbert and a team that I like in the Chargers. It's why I picked the Chargers in this game, and it did stay low scoring, but I don't think the box score tells the story of how good Justin Herbert played in this game, uh, and it's why I'm so high. There were seven drops by Chargers receivers in this game as well, and Washington's fine, but man, props to the Chargers offensive line as well for handling such a such a good defensive line on the other side. Very encouraging. You know, offensive line, first-year head coach, going to the opposite end of the country, playing against that defensive front, second-year quarterback whose tape was much better than the stats, as you said. Uh, I thought Washington wins this game, and I'm not even going to blame the Fitzpatrick injury, which we have to discuss. An old man broke his hip. You know, that basically is what happened, it sounds like. <laughs> Uh, kind of a grandma to grandma injury. I'm yeah. Fun. But you know, we're going to see Heineke. And uh, I mean, so uh, Washington, I don't know that all's lost for Washington. I'm kind of interested to watch Heineke. But I've said a few times that Washington, to me, big picture, macro thinking, had the worst quarterback situation in the league. 
and maybe they can add something. I don't know what to do there. You know, I mean, Heineke's kind of interesting as backups go. Yeah, I think, no uh, I think Washington has good feelings about Heineke, so maybe they don't have yeah. to do anything crazy, but I wouldn't be shocked if they try to do something because I believe this team thinks that good quarterback play, they'll be a playoff caliber team and can win that division. They should think that. They should still think that after mm-hmm. week one. And they do have a good defense, and they do have some pieces on the offensive side of the ball. But this perfect timing one minute ago from Ian Rappaport, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick did suffer a hip subluxation. The MRI confirmed today he'll be placed on injured reserve, but that's not clear if it's season-ending injured reserve or he'll be on injured reserve to be able to return potentially. So we don't know exactly what the prognosis is going to be, but he's going to be out for a while, and he's going on IR. Yeah, I mean, that was the original diagnosis, and it's amazing how good some of these like online doctors are, Dr. Chow and some of these guys. But... And I don't have a lot more to take away from it. I, I'm curious what Heineke looks like when he gets a week to, to practice, and I don't know that it'll be drastically worse, but we'll see. One takeaway here from the fantasy side of things: zero targets in the passing game for Chargers running back Austin Eckler. Mm, wasn't healthy coming in though. I wonder how that actually played out. Okay, exactly. yeah, maybe. And maybe. Larry Roundtree looks like the. For sure, running back two there with eight carries to Justin Jackson's one carry. Yeah, and Jackson wasn't 100% coming into the game either. I mean, it, it, that backup situation's always been super foggy to begin with. Although, Roundtree's a sneaky guy. I mean, he, he's somebody to pay attention to for sure. And I like the offensive line, but I think they'll throw more than they pass there with someone like Herbert and all those weapons they have at receiver, with Allen and Williams. Agreed. But if they're not throwing the ball to Austin Eckler, that's, that's, that's huge. That changes everything about Austin Eckler's value as a fantasy football player massively, but I'm going to hold tight on that one. Yep. Lombardi, I mean, is the new offense coordinator threw the ball to Kamara so much right. in the new Orleans system. Uh, I'm going to blame the, uh, the injury on that one. And maybe they just didn't need to, or, you know, the Washington was doing a better job of taking it away. I, I would have to study that one more, but it is something to talk about. Though. Yeah. That's no what, that was the whole, that was the whole vibe around the seams. Like, Oh, Eckler is going to get that Kamara usage. And he didn't yeah, at yeah. all. <laughs> it's just a stark yeah. difference in what was expected and what actually happened there. Um, all right. How about Jets and Panthers here? I think this turned out about like what we expected. The Jets starting slow. They did come back a little bit in that game, but a 19-14, sort of an ugly low-scoring win for the Carolina Panthers at home. Yeah, I, I don't – I didn't see a lot of this one. Of all the games we've talked about, this is the one I know the least. Looked like Darnold played well enough. McCaffrey was – you know, we were, we were just talking about Eckler's workload – not a problem with McCaffrey coming mm-hmm. back. I mean, he's he's going to be catching the ball, running the ball, doing everything. I expected more points, but maybe a Darnold versus Zach Wilson matchup shouldn't have yielded a lot of points, and we should have seen this coming. Liked what I saw from DJ Moore in this game. They didn't need to use yeah. a ton of the passing game, and uh, Christian McCaffrey, 30 touches in this game, 21 carries for nearly 100 yards, 4.7 yards per carry, so solid there, and then you get those extra nine catches in PPR leagues for another almost 100 yards. I mean... Jeez, Christian McCaffrey was one of those first-round picks that I think everyone with that number one overall pick that selected Christian McCaffrey coming off injuries last year felt really good about this Sunday. Yeah, without question. I mean, he looks great. The usage is there. Won't play the Jets every week, but that's fine. I mean, I think the Panthers' offense has a chance to be pretty good. I think their defense has a chance to be decent, too. I like Zach Wilson a lot. like what I'm seeing from him. Uh, It's... Corey Davis is his wide receiver one. I think that's clear. A couple more touchdowns there for him. 
So that's all well and good. The The backfield is just like Tevin Coleman, uh, exactly what I expected, 2.7 yards per carry. And then <laughs> right. Ty Johnson and Michael Carter working in. None of them really had a ton of success. There was a Mekhi Becton injury that I think it looked worse than it was. Maybe uh, an MCL sprain, which means he won't right. lose the year. I think that's what they think it might be. So it's not an ACL. So we'll see what happens with Mekhi Becton. But yeah, it's going to be a slow progress for the New York Jets. They're not going to be a good team this year. That was my number one takeaway. And I don't think that's an overreaction Monday thing. No, and we're getting inklings that this might not be their year injury-wise already, which would be terrible. It'd be nice if you could at least have some of your foundational players play the majority of the year and have something to build off of. And some people are falling left and right for them too. All right. So some, some more games we've really got to get into here. We'll save them for tomorrow. So we have enough time to talk about all of them. Some of the afternoon and evening games and Monday night football as well. Browns, chiefs, dolphins, Patriots, Rams, bears, and uh, the debut of Matthew Stafford in a Los Angeles Rams uniform, which went swimmingly. And of course, Monday night football Ravens, Raiders. We'll cover all those and hit some of your questions. And maybe we'll hit some questions over Tuesday and Wednesday as well. So feel free to get those in. We'll play this slow. We don't have to rush through these games because this is important. Week one is happening in the NFL. We've got to cover it properly right here. Peacock and Williamson. <laughs> 